This is Flint, and you're listening to G.I. Joe Chronicles. The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrecht, codenamed Death Pro. Yes, it's on the second episode, though I do get it right. <laughs> he got my name right. Oh, my goodness. At ease, DJ Christados, and welcome back, all you green shirts. Thanks for coming back to our podcast. Thanks for coming back to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk these post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us. We're going to continue this chronicle through the Devil's Do Run. We are closing in. After this one, I think we only have four more issues on, left in this run. But, hey, there's plenty of Devil's Do goodness, So, and there's plenty of G.I. Joe goodness. We'll never leave you alone. Anyways, on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristalis and I are bringing back our special ops guest from last episode, as we tend to do, because we record them back to back. For this episode, our special ops guest is Jim Meal, a.k.a. Jim the Joe Junkie. Welcome back, Jim. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it feels like forever since you've yeah, been on. Like it's been a long that. time. <laughs> well, we are happy to have you back. And last time you were here, you told us who your three favorite figures were um, let's try to remember pat it was falcon yeah that was a hard one to falcon remember but i did <laughs> rock and roll I was version two <laughs> it took me a while i wanted to say it in the in the last you really episode held on but that, yeah i held on to that one i was like you know orsted was in talking to me like man don't do it just don't, don't, don't bring back those falcon jokes oh, man, man that, it's just not gonna go anywhere man it's not worth it uh, yeah yeah so he liked falcon he liked rock and roll Rope. version two and destro version two gold mask destro yeah. came uh, with a chariot i still remember when i bought mine iron grenade or destro <sighs> yeah it's grenadier but one of these grenadier days, whatever yeah <laughs> one of these days you'll get it. <laughs> all right back to jim jim three favorite vehicles be they joe or cobra whatever you like vehicles play sets you know anything not a figure what do you got one of my favorites is the tactical battle platform yes yes uh, good was, good remember getting that for christmas one year it was it was good and then the Iron Grenadier Demon, the tank. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. They, Ooh, that tank cool. that elevated. I was that's a big Iron Grenadier fan. Yeah. And then I like most of the Hiss tanks, but my favorite is the Hiss 2. So those are good choices. Yeah. All good choices. I like how you're very specific with your versions. Yeah. You may already know this because you are a Joe Junkie, Jim, but I also love the Bow Platform. Also had it as a kid. One of my favorite things is the Armadillo. You know the G.I. Joe Armadillo? fits perfectly in that little yep. groove where the bridge pops out slides right into that groove where the bridge fo- you've got it you've got an armadillo pun. he's got one he's, all right it's, folks yeah it's, it's right there <laughs> he just moved a little to his right and so we can see it and he literally has his armadillo parked in the spot i'm not telling jim anything he doesn't already know okay <laughs> that's hilarious he, he moved his head like if you went to the right like there it is 
Oh, that was awesome. Awesome for those of us who could see it. You podcast listeners, just take our word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, now that we've got Jim back on the show, we got his three favorite vehicles. Let's go back to DJ Cristados for this episode's intelligence report. You know, man, I just want to say, yeah, it's just Orsted here, you know, just in case you didn't know who it was. But I just wanted to say, you know, Jim likes, you know, my, my brother in the gold you know, and you know, I told I told Destro, I said, you know, that silver just some people may not like it, but you go gold, you know, it's just, you know, everybody likes that material, you know, that's the that's the gold standard, I said. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah, you know, and I remember like one time I was like, What about leopard print, man? And you know, at first everybody laughed. Mm-hmm. But man, you rock that leopard print, man. Splash of purple with that man. Oh, man, with the gold helmet. Oh my goodness, man! It's like uh, it's like Iron Man and Prince had a baby, man. That's <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for stopping by, Orson. <laughs> Can you get back to the intelligence report? Let us get to that right now. So, for this mission, we will be covering GI Joe number thirty-nine. Publisher was Devil's Due. It's got a cover date of February 2005. Writer was Brandon Jerwa and Josh Blaylock. Penciler, Tim Seeley. Inker is Corey Hampshire. Colorist is Val Staples. Letter is Robin Spihar of Dreamer Designs. Cover art goes to Tim Seeley, Andrew Popoy, and Val Staples. And speaking about the cover, Death Pro, please take us through the cover description. Got it. This cover feels like an homage to the JLI number one cover from the 1980s. It features the trimmed down Joe team of Flint, Firewall, Shockwave, Mercer, Gung Ho, Stalker, Grand Slam, a couple others I can't tell that are hiding behind the logo. They're all surrounding their new leader, General Ray. A cover blurb reads under new management. Jim looks like he could probably identify those top two Joes on the right that I couldn't. So, Jim, if you know those two Joes on the top right, feel free to tell me who they were. Is one barrel roll? Yes, I think you're right. And the other one, I think, is Spirit. But Spirit's not on the team now. He's not? Isn't he? I thought that long, dark hair up there, right over the J and the O, the part down the middle was Spirit. I think the guy on the top right. It looks like it to me, yes. I don't know. Could be wrong. I have been wrong in the past. I'll do some looking. (laughs) It's all right. Anyways, back to you, Pat. All right. Well, with the cover description out of the way, let's go ahead and find out what you guys thought of the cover. And we'll start with our guest, Jim, the Joe Junkie. What's your thoughts on this cover? This type of cover, I really like this kind where it's kind of, hey, look at everybody. This is the new team. I was trying to think of what other covers they look like and, and jared mentioned it there's several i always like there was an avengers covers where it had like a bunch of different characters and like a grid pattern that type yep, and just yep, i just love those ones where these kind of and this one really attracted me to it and it's just i love the coloring and how many times has mercer been on the cover of a joe comic <laughs> not a lot <laughs> not a lot uh shockwave i mean a couple special missions and that was about it maybe so it was just, I really like this cover. Very good. Yeah. Jared kind of took the words in my comment on this as 
this felt definitely like the JLI number one issue looking down on it. So, you know, but looking at this one, you see General Ray and, you know, if you gave him some blonde hair, whatever, he's basically Duke, right? Yeah, Just in some much. armor. Because <laughs> when you look at him, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But I like how Flint's kind of giving him that, you know, the mm-hmm. stink eye. You got that you stink eye stare that at him. wary look. That yeah. I don't know if I can trust this guy look. Yeah, I like that. And a lot of detail is being done on this one. Jarrett, what's your thoughts? Of course, this cover is great, man. And it's this new, weird amalgamation Joe team of new people and old people. And well, by, by old people, I mean older members, yeah, vintage yeah. members of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that jail, I feel, yeah, no, it's great. And, you know, they never miss a beat with the coloring. I think you mentioned that, yeah. Pat. They never miss a beat with the coloring. And uh, yeah, I just think I really like the Flint side eye you mentioned and Shockwave similarly, not really, you don't see his eyes. He's kind of furtive is the word I'm going to use for today's episode. Furtive. Furtive. I don't know what that means, but I'll take it that maybe it means he's wearing a hat. (laughs) Yeah, that's the definition of furtive. Wearing a hat. Wearing a hat. Okay. I think you're right. That is spirit. What threw me is he's not in this issue. True. Uh, until the final page where they're all standing together and he's obscure there too he comes and goes <laughs> he's covered you know general ray and and shipwreck are covering him so i mean he's not in the action at all so that's what the whole me, but... issue he did nothing but hang out with orsted man. yeah <laughs> he just, he's like that guy that you'll see like just kind of periodically pass in the in the back like he's going to get to the bathroom or just to go into the kitchen you see him walking through with slippers on it oh hey guys He's just that mystic that just shows up whenever, you know, comes and goes. He's that guy that, like, just doesn't contribute anything at all. You never see him at the office. You know, he's hardly ever there. He takes off early, comes in late, but then you're at a staff meeting. He's like, yeah, I I got an idea. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Yeah, anyways, good cover. All right, well, now that we have the cover thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and give this cover a rating. And here on G.I. Joe Chronicles, we rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect, and you should make this a recruiting poster. You know, you want to be one of the new Joes? Here's your poster. You can join them. Just stand shoulder to shoulder with them, just like that. I think... If you were to take a picture of you, what side would you want? Your left or your right? What side's your better side, Jared? You tell me, Pat. I'd say, yeah, your um, I, your left I side. Got, I got my little Roger Mole, Roger Moore yeah. Mole going on. <laughs> I call it my Roger Mole. I'd say you're a left side guy. I think I would probably be best uh, in a full mask like Snake Eyes or Beach Head. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah, yeah. I think mine is my, my left side. It'll look kind of tough that way. Jim, yeah. what's your side? I'd be like shockwave, just kind of head down. Don't look at me. <laughs> I was just about to say, Jim strikes me as a shockwave kind of guy. Kind of uh, afraid or to, or for, for whatever. Furtive. Word. Furtive. furtive. Yeah, very furtive. <laughs> it's not a yeah. furtive, just furtive. Furtive. Okay. F U R T I V E. You can look it up later. Oh, skip. Did, uh, no, I didn't furtive. Did you furtive? No, that's not how. It's not you smell that. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Well, now that. We have some fun out of the way. Let's go ahead and rate this one. Jim, what would you rate this on a 1 to 10? I'm giving this one a 9. This one, as you were saying, I would put a picture of this up on my wall. I really like it. Some obscure characters, some classic characters. Great angle. 
I, I really like it. All right. I definitely agree with you on this one. It is a nine. I like the rakishy kind of angle that's coming down on these people. Good characters to see. Makes you interested to see why are they all together? Let's open this up and find out why. Jared. I think it's because they're under new management, Pat. But I'm oh. going to give it a nine as well. Great cover. Really Very pulls, detailed. Very yeah, detailed pulls together in the face. A, you know, like I said, Mercer. I love Mercer. It's good to see Mercer <laughs> get some limelight. Yeah. All right. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. As you know, on this show, we like to mix it up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Cristalos pull the randomizer lever to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Cristalos, pull the lever. Hey, man. Must be something wrong with this, uh, this randomizer, man. I think I may have spilled some of that uh, oatmeal milk in here and... Uh, I think it's going to come out Orsted's side. Okay, let's tell from Orsted's point of view. Like, everybody needs to calm down, man. There's just so much fighting. I like the beginning because, like, Cobra Commander and the Dreadnoughts are getting along well again. But then there's a lot of factions under my brother Destro who betray him for the return of Cobra Commander, and most notably Armada, Scalpel, Major Blood, and the Twins. Man, they betrayed my brother. I wish they just put that same betrayal energy into letting bygones be bygones, man. I think they'd be a lot more groovy in the long run. My brother launched like an all-out attack on the secret Joe base, the pit, as soon as he discovered its location. And because like a lot of the Joes weren't there, he was doing a pretty good job of infiltrating. Although personally, I would have just brought some gluten-free oatmeal goat's milk cookies over and tried to talk everything out. But no, everything got out of hand and the Joes under the new leadership of General Ray blew up their own base just to prevent my bro from getting anything from them. It's a bummer for Destro, but not nearly as much of a bummer as Cobra Commando killing my pregnant sister-in-law in a fiery explosion. It was extra harsh, man. Not cool at all. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Okay, thank you, Orsted. Now it is time for the highs and lows of the issue. We will let Jim talk. Jim, talk about the issue. My first high would be when General Ray was being introduced to the team in the middle of a firefight and the team and general ray both somehow came through most of us been in situations where you know you're on a new team you're whatever and how hard is that and then on top of that getting shot at and blown up and (laughs) general ray has to make the tough call to blow up the pit it shows how professional the joes are and how general ray came in and took a situation and just got things done Absolutely. There's a strength in the Joe team that is uh, never found in Cobra. You know, a trust and chain of command. Evident in this issue. <laughs> in this issue. General Ray shows up. Flint is immediately suspicious, but cooperative. I think General Ray keeps making a lot of decisions that Flint actually agrees with because he wins his trust, not full of trust, but, you know, tactical trust in the moment pretty quickly. 
I think a lot of it had to do with, I think it was Firewall. They were over at Fort Huachuca, and she was like, you know, just just abandon us and go take care of the pit. And, and Ray was like, nope, we don't abandon people. You know, yep, and I think yeah, that yep, went a long yep. way real fast for Flynn. I think Flynn even had a look on that. And yeah, General Ray proved himself. I, I'm really liking him. I can't remember what becomes of General Ray. I'm waiting for this other shoe to drop. I just I just know there's. I feel like something bad is going to happen. But man, he proved himself well in this issue. But Pat, proceed. Yeah, General Ray really surprised me as well in this one. Uh, you know, I thought he was kind of a sneaky kind of a guy, especially dealing with the jugglers. But he definitely seems to be, you know, hey, I'm all in it. I'm in it for the team. I'm in it to I'm in it to win. And I can't win if I don't have, you know, the people around me to, you know, help me get this done. So I really like his take and his, his leadership in this one was definitely something to watch and, and just see how the other Joes started and came around. But I also want to, you know, let's talk about leadership. There was a lot of different ones on here. You have Ray's leadership with the Joes. You have Destro's leadership. And you got Cobra Commander's leadership as well, too. And Cobra Commander, man, some of the things he was doing, he's like cold-blooded. Man, hmm. have I told you how much I really liked his suit? This suit that he's wearing is just the design that they gave Cobra Commander in this series is like, wow, very yeah. cool to have. I like it a lot in this it just looks menacing and just sharp. Yeah, we've talked about this before, Pat. Like, there's a striking difference, I think, from Cobra Commander comic book and Cobra Commander cartoon. Like, cartoon, he's just like straight up buffoon, <laughs> like all yeah. the time. And comic book, you know, he's has his moments, but he's also, I mean, we've seen some highs for him. Defeating Serpentor was a big one. Now climbing back up from the depths here mm-hmm. to take back over from Destro. A lot of cool things are happening. Speaking of Destro, how about that uh, like T-1000 liquid metal mask yeah, thing? Yeah, that was kind of interesting to see. That was neat. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I seen Destro without his mask on, but that was kind of cool to see. And then he, they showed him put it on and it kind of did that liquid metal-y thing. It was kind of cool looking. Yeah, I like that. Just a little micro moment I wanted to bring up before I bring it back to Jim. There's a lot going on in this issue, Jim. So what else you got? There's a little bit on the Cobra Commander. This Cobra Commander right now reminds me of when in the Marvel run, when he was came back, returned from the dead from issue, issue 98, 99, yeah. somewhere to 100. Just the ruthlessness that mm-hmm. he had back then. This reminds me of that, that commander. But I don't know if this is a high or low or, or, or what it is, but it was a small scene that showed the ruthlessness of Cobra in general. When the Night Viper was stuck in the pit doors and the other, other Night Viper just dropped her grenade in and said, no victory without sacrifice, all for the Cobra. Remember, it's in the handbook. What kind of handbook is that? <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I almost laughed a little bit, but I, I felt bad when I did. I know, right? I did, too. <laughs> I did, too. Well, I will say, like, just another, I guess I'll be the king of micro moments before I pass it over to Pat again. I love that drawing of all those Night Vipers coming out of yes. the back of that chopper. Like, yeah, that was, that was, cool. that was good. I always liked the Night Viper. That was another one of my little favorite figures when I picked it up. I was like, this is just a really, just felt like a good figure, just a good design. I probably should have picked him for the Death Probes toy chest, but I didn't. Um. <laughs> I missed my opportunity. <laughs> Pat, what do you got for second round? Continuing on the artwork in this, man, another amazing job of artwork and 
color that just told this story. I just really enjoy it. And I keep talking about this, but in reading this, the colors just really make this thing pop. And just with all the action that was going on in this particular issue, I was just enthralled and just kept reading and turning the page and just looking at all that art. Man, that splash page of where Beryl, you know, comes in with the plane and drops the bombs and it's just that full splash page like that. Oh, you can just see and feel the heat coming off of that from the explosion that's happening. Definitely. A lot of good art, a lot of good color choices. Like you said, as the battle heats up, there's more reds and oranges yeah. in the background. When you go back to the cooler, more sterile Cobra scenes, it's the cooler, sterile blue backgrounds. Just really, really great. We mentioned several issues ago, probably four or so, when the whole new moon thing went down where Barrel Roll's brother did not so good. Yeah. And we said, boy, that really feels like they're planting the seeds to make him a villain. Well, those seeds continue to grow in this one. Mm-hmm. I love how Barrel Roll does never give up on his brother. I think that uh, says a lot about him and his character. But his brother seems like he's headed down the dark side, my friend. And I'm wondering, but what side now? Me you too. <laughs> I don't know what faction he's going to be uh, ending up with. Was Cobra, were they Were they coming to get him? You know, is that why did they attack or did they just attack that encampment to do a distraction before they hit the pit? He's definitely a good recruit for them because he's so bitter. He's got a decent skill set, but he just didn't do well. And New Moon got some people killed, if I remember correctly. <laughs> or did he do well? Could have been a plant the whole time. I don't yeah. Know. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 old on him because I don't know what side he's on. Well, you know, and I, I definitely know he's not on Joe's, but I don't know what the bad guy side he's on. I guess we'll find out together. Jim has a better memory for these things. He probably knows. Don't tell us, Jim. Keep it a secret. <laughs> I won't say anything, but his story does go on. <laughs> that is good to know. I wouldn't want that thread to be dropped. They've been building it for a while. Yeah. And it goes on, I believe, in America's Elite as well. Oh, all right. Cool. I believe so. I love it. I love it. I love this whole era of G.I. Joe. I'm excited to talk about it. I guess we finished our two official rounds. Jim, what else you got on your note card? Just kind of a, a funny. They attack the pit again. How many times in the Marvel run <laughs> yes. have they attacked the pit? And maybe that's where Spirit was at. He was in the Quonset huts waiting to get picked up because he was, you know, guarding the trap door. <laughs> He knows know, how it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but that was just kind of like, okay, yeah, great battle attack in the pit. But okay, how many times yeah. does this have to happen? But yeah, I still remember the first time and like one of the first couple issues where they put that robot. Remember the robot? Yeah. With the robot <laughs> attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Was it like two, issue two or three or something like that? <laughs> three. Issue three. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I thought the same thing too, Jim. I'm like, Oh, this reminds me of when they the pit got attacked before. And you knew it was coming sometime down the road. They had to do it and attack it. So Yeah, uh, the old pit was at Fort Wadsworth, right? And this one's near Fort Huachuca, I think. There were several pits. In the Marvel run, there was te- <laughs> three. There was Fort Wadsworth. But pit two was... Pit two was rebuilt Built in Fort Wadsworth. Fort Wadsworth yeah. And then pit three was in Utah. So this would probably be the Utah one. 
This one is definitely in Arizona. Arizona. Oh, it's in it, Arizona. Yeah. It may be a completely new the one. New I don't day. know. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Four, yeah. yeah. I, I got to say, I'm super impressed with Jim's Joe. He calls himself the Joe Junkie. Yeah. He's not he definitely. around. He, he remembers all, everything. I love it. I love it. How about you, Pat? Index card? The backstabbing that's going on in this one was really good, I thought. I mean, just back <laughs> and back. That glorious Cobra backstabbing. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. What's happening? And then, oh, come on. With Destro and Cobra Command, like I said, cold blood. just, here, you're going to watch. I'm going to blow up your girlfriend and all of this. You know, you're soon to be. Pregnant wife. Wife, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to blow her up. Watch this. I have a feeling we'll see her again. But still. Yeah. Mm, mm, that's harsh. Yeah. Brutal. And then I had to, I had to think back and I'm like, wait a minute. I do remember. Cobra Commander giving Armada a necklace. And I'm like, because oh. I'm like, how was he getting this picture of Destro? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Marna had, she had that necklace on that nice attention to detail that Cobra Commander had given to her at one time. And I'm like, oh, okay. So here's what's happening. Who can you trust, man? And Cobra? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Got to give it to the, you know, the writers on this one to doing some callback to stuff that's happening and, as Jim said, planting some stuff for, for new stuff to come. So, yeah, very good issue. As far as writers, if you look, you, I think you may have brought up Brandon Jerwa and Josh Blaylock were mm-hmm. involved in this one. So I don't know, maybe things were getting behind or just trying to keep it all straight. <laughs> they needed two people. I don't right. know. I like the theory of getting behind. Because remember, they did jump from November to January. Yep. There was no December issue. And when Josh was on the show, he told us how difficult it was to produce. It's already hard enough to make a monthly book, but when you have to run everything through Hasbro, it just does everything take longer. So it wouldn't surprise me if they are already working on the big conclusion and just needed a little help. Like, all right, here's the basic plot of this one, Josh. Can you go ahead and script it out so I can finish up on the conclusion? I bet you that's what's going on. I have no paperwork to back that up. And with that, I hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. Jim, how many flag points do you want to give this one for the story? I give this one a 9. Exhilarating. It definitely moves it forward. Kind of cleans up a little bit with the the Zartan Cobra Commander thing. Yeah. So, and then at the end, when they confront Destro, that's pretty... Uh, rough with the bareness, but I, I really like how it's evolving, and you don't know what's going to happen next with with a new team of Joes. What's going to happen? I'm ready to buy the next issue and, and read it. So I gave it a nine. All right, Jared, one to ten flag point, and we are lockstep, Jim and I. So uh, yeah, I'm giving it a nine. Very compelling, just like frankly every issue has been in this run so far. Like. I know I harp on this a lot. This Devil's Do stuff, man. It hit the gas and it never let up. And uh, we're still on the ride. I'm at a nine. Well, believe it or not, I am on a nine with you guys as well, too. Again, this was just a great story. Lots of action in it and lots of backstabbing. The art, the coloring all around gives me a nine for me. And just really enjoying this particular you know, story run that they're doing right now. Really liking it. I'm excited to see where it's going. Four issues left? 
Yeah, I know. Kind of sad, but interesting as well, too, to see where we've come with it. And I do agree with you, too, Jared. This has been a great time of going through this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless something major derailment happens in the next four issues, I would have to say this series overall has got to be a nine or a ten. Yeah. It's just that good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find out probably in some episodes down the road where we will fall on this whole series. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap that up in the last issue. That's a good idea, Pat. Yeah. All right. Well, now that it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for either gallantry in action or sneaky snakitude. This is where each of us get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond or below and sneakiness. So let's find out. Jim, do you got a silver star or a silver snake? I've got a silver star uh, for General Ray, as I mentioned in, in one of my highs, for taking command of the situation, rallying the troops during a bad time, just making the hard decisions. His first command decision, one of them, was a blow up the pit, you know, because yeah. they couldn't afford Cobra to get what was down in there. So like a leader, he took a bad situation and turned it around and let's start fresh. Mm-hmm. Jared, who's your silver star or silver snake? Well, I had two silver stars sitting here just waiting to see which one was going to get picked up by Jim. He picked up <laughs> General Ray, which uh, mm-hmm. was one of mine. My other one's going to be Flint. Oh, okay. Flint showed a tremendous amount of flexibility a tremendous amount of um humbleness there's gotta be a better word than that but he was very humble in his leadership i would say yeah he had you know that's a tough spot in the middle of a battle with his people that he's been around for years and all of a sudden this new guy shows up that could have gone a bad way for him if he had bucked the system people could have died and he probably knew that so talk about Mm -hmm. being in a tough spot you know a Mm -hmm. guy who has a lot of investment but he still has a chain of command, but kudos to General Ray for earning a lot of respect early. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give a silver star to Flint for being a good right hand to General Ray. All right. Well, you guys took my two as far as on the Joe side, so I'll go ahead and give a silver snake, and it's going to go to Cobra Commander again in this one. Man, this guy was just... He's back on top, baby. He's back, baby. I'm back, baby. I'm back. He's crazy, yep. crazy. Man, and he's just, you know, left and right, just putting out fools and just coming in with the charge here. So good on him for duping everybody and taking back what's his. So, all right. Well, with the end of that, let's go ahead and go to Jarrett for his segment of Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. All right, Pat, for this Death Probe's Toy Chest, as usual, I take something or someone featured this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected the Headquarters Command Center. I picked it because when we were kids, what did we all call it? The pit. The pit. Nobody called it Headquarters Command Center. (laughs) Everybody called it the pit. And since we saw the destruction of the pit for the very fourth time (laughs) in this issue, I thought, let's give some love to the pit, even though the toy uh, was called the Headquarters Command Center. And because we are... On video chat, I can see it over Jim's left shoulder. I believe that's the headquarters command center. It is. Correct. 
every time I mention a toy, he like just moves a little bit one way or another. We can see it. it's amazing. Anyways, the headquarters command center was available from 1983 to 1986. Ironically enough, gentlemen, there are four versions of the headquarters command center. There's this original, then they released a different one in 1992, then they did it in 2001. The 2001 one is pretty much the same as the 92 one with some different color scheme. And then in 2009, they released one called the Mobile Pit, which is like this giant armored vehicle. I've never seen one in the wild, but it looked like it was closely tied to the first movie to me. Yes. It was very interesting. Jim, what you got? Yeah, the 2009 was with the with the movie. I don't remember what it was. Was it the rock or something something like that rolling command center i i like that please hold i think i still have the page up hang on all right so the 2009 one as far as the toy goes its official name is pit mobile headquarters it expands to three feet long it came with general hawk version three i'm like you jared i have never seen one in person oh at, man at I'm... conventions sales or anything so i don't know must have been really limited yeah we didn't mean to go down the rabbit hole of just the 2009 pit, but this thing is really cool looking. I'm looking at pictures of it right now, and I've never seen one. And if Jim, the Joe Junkie's never seen one, I'm starting to think they don't exist. <laughs> but they're pretty neat looking. It's a completely mobile pit. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, that was just the fourth version of the four. Let's go around the room and talk about the original 1983. Did you have it? We'll start with Jim. I did not have it back in the day, but I, I do have one on my shelf, and I've got one in a box over here in pieces I got to put together. Oh, so I okay. have two. Oh, he's got two. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's no. fancy, Jared. He's fancy. <laughs> fancy. I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle all the way. He got two. He got two. <laughs> oh, I have zero. I've always had zero. I've never had one. My brother Jason the Weasel Skull and I were famous for like the molded styrofoam packaging that used to come like if you bought a new tv or whatever mm -hmm. like that yep. or a dishwasher yeah. or something yep. we'd always turn that into some sort of headquarters like yep. we'd build more headquarters out of that kind of stuff uh -huh. that was our pit that was our sad penniless hmm. depressing childhood yep been there definitely in the arms <laughs> pat what about the uh headquarters command center did you ever have one i have never had one but I did see one and play with one uh, while a kid. Uh, again, my neighbor, they had them, this particular one, and it was good fun playing with it. I always, with me, would always, you know, kind of recreate the Marvel issue 23, 24, with the one where Storm Shadow frees Cobra Commander from it. I like that one. Very nice. And with that, it's time to go back to Pat. All right, now it's time to thank our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusader Club. They enjoy early access to special long box video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So here are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf out. Oberon Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins, codename Battlewagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. 
Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Keene. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Jim Meal. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright. Mark Ross, a.k.a. Cluck Trent. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins, a.k.a. Profit Director Devins. <laughs> Paul Hicks. Rick. Jeff and Rick present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Spreadsheet. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And the Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Pete, please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it all straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's easy. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. As a reminder, you can also leave us a voice message on our phone number, and that is 707-532-5269. That number again is 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. All right, that brings us to Mission Complete Status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where do they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all of the podcatchers out there. Just go ahead and search for Longbox Crusade. Or go to www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also on YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. Of course, if you want to chat with us personally online, we can be found on those internets. Pat, where can they find you on those internets? Jared, you know, I am glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Where can they find you? I am on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It is all at Yard Sale Artist. Jim, where can people find you? On Facebook, J-I-M-M-I-E-L, just Jamil. And I do a little TikTok with action figure posing and uh, dioramas, J-I-M-M-I-E-L-924. Cool. I think he's like TikTok and he doesn't stop because I haven't done any for about a month, and I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he does stop. <laughs> yeah, I guess he does stop. Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's Due Years. We will see you on the battlefield next over, where we cover issue number 40, The Union of the Snake Part 5. Until then, platoon... All out. Yo, yo, yo. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99. That's J O S E 
F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it.